Hello, and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, this is episode 186. I'm your host, Chris Sands, and today we're going to talk to Kenny Gould, the founder of Hop Culture, uh, an author, writer of beer, and festival thrower. So I'm sure there's probably other things you do in there too, right? Yeah, there's there's my fiance would probably have some things to say about that, but I don't know if it'd be polite to mention <laughs> So we'll gloss over that when we get down to business. So I think first actually you had flashed up but I didn't see what you what are you drinking? Oh yeah baby. I uh I was just in Ohio actually. I went to the beautiful city of Columbus. A little hoof hearted a little hoof-hearted, uh, my buddy Braden over there threw in some Slow Turbo, uh, which is a double IPA with New Zealand hops, 8.5%, should be consumed at 46 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, well, they give all kinds of details on there. The art done by uh, the inimitable Tom Lesner of Philadelphia, PA, uh, great artist here in the Commonwealth, and... Uh, yeah, their their beer rocks, man. They they sent me home too with a dark lager, um, that they had no business making, and it was. <laughs> that's a that's a style that seems to be um, catching on a little more lately. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm enjoying. This was canned this morning. Oh yeah. This um, there's a, there was a four way collaboration between me, Hysteria Brewing Company, True Respite. And where's Oliver? Oliver Brewing. Oh, um, <laughs> so it's all three breweries um, did a hazy IPA with the same grist bill. Then each one used different um, yeast and different hops. This is one from Hysteria. Uh, my good friend there decided to make me the basketball. So it was really <laughs> nice of him. And then you solarid it, huh? I do need to do I This is the first time I've had all of them. So uh, uh, cool. I've, and I'm also, I'm drinking out of one of my, my, uh, that's fancy. my, I'm yes, beautiful. this that's is, awesome. I think that it's a toss up between this one, which is the Pittsburgh pirate themed glass oh, and the wow. Mr. Rogers that are my favorites. I love it. I love, well, love Pittsburgh. Oh man. I'm glad that's an honor. I'm honored. I, I have a quite a collection of hop culture glassware. Thank you. Um, so the first thing I think we should talk about is because it's reader. Well, it's a, next month, but next. ticket sales for at least to get the beer end soon. Yep. Um, you're holding a virtual beer festival. I am holding a virtual beer festival with uh, Oozle Fest, which is, it's like the first time I'd ever heard of that brewery. Um, Brewing and blending in Fort Monroe, Virginia. And then now I see stuff from them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're awesome. I mean, for those people who do not know, uh, I run a magazine called Hot Culture, and we also throw beer festivals. Um, and we have thrown 29 beer festivals around the country in the last two and a half years. It's a lot um, of festivals. It's a lot of festivals and, uh, 
you know, before I threw my first one, I had no background in festival throwing, but you learn pretty quickly. And especially when you do something 29 times, you get, you get all right at it. Um, and then we had to cancel number 30, which was going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, in March. And I was really bummed because I was looking forward to number 30. Um, I was interviewing Russ, who is the founder of Oozle Finch, um, for a, an article in Forbes that I was writing. And we finished up the interview. And at the end of the conversation, he said, did you ever think of throwing a, a digital festival? And I said, Russ, I have thought of that. Um, and I have thought that I did not want to do it because uh, sitting in front of a computer and watching a bunch of other people who look like me drink a bunch of beer at the same time that I'm drinking beer does not sound like my idea of a good time. And he said, no, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. He's like, I'm thinking of the, sure, the box component will send a bunch of beer out, but let's put together a, a series of events. Let's do, you know, speakers, panels, uh, workshops um, from some of the, the coolest names in the industry. And we'll combine that with the, the, the drinking portion. Um, but the day itself will be more about, you know, the, the workshops and the speakers and, and the activities. And uh, I was like, all right, you got me, dude. You got me. So I thought that that vision was pretty compelling. And so that's exactly what we put together for for Fest number 30 and our first uh, digital festival, which will be August 15th, FML Fest 2020. You could probably Google that or just go to fmlfest.com or uh, Instagram at hopculturemag. You can find details about it. But um it's going to be a blast. We have John and Jen, Jen Kimmich from The Alchemist uh, giving the keynote speech to kick us off. And then the rest of the day, we just have all, all kinds of awesome speakers. We have um, another fine gentleman from Pittsburgh. Uh, who is that? Kimmich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's a big Penguins fan, which rocks because the Penguins rock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's cool, man. He's a he's a really interesting dude. And the Alchemist is doing some really cool things, not just for beer, but I think for like their community and and uh, for society in general. I really admire what they're doing. Yeah, he's um, on he's on my bucket list of people I want to interview. Reach out to him. See what he says. All right. So they're they're doing like the keynote. Um, they're doing what? keynote. Then we got a. Uh, uh, I'm actually moderating a panel on intense flavors and adjuncts with Great Notion, Worldworks, and uh, Evil Twin, which will be a blast. Evil Twin today actually just you ever have one of those um, firework popsicles like yeah. the red? Yeah. Pop they just released a a, sel a hard seltzer water that was firework <laughs> popsicle flavored, sold out in under an hour. Uh, in Queens today. Oh, wow. Are you <laughs> yeah. familiar with Duclaw? Yeah, I know Duclaw. Duclaw just came out with um, uh, one of the, the popsicle version of their Sour Me series. Oh, wow. They're in your hood, right? Yeah, they're um, out towards Baltimore, about an hour yeah. away from me. Nice. 
Yeah, so that, so we're doing that panel with them. We got a bunch of real cool social media people speaking. Uh, Eli Tracks. I don't know if you've seen Eli's photography. The who else? La Petite Beer. Um, Hop Snobbery. She's talking. Um, and then one of the things I'm most excited about, we actually have a spontaneous fermentation and foraging panel. And we have on that um, Paul Arney from the Ale Apothecary in Bend, Oregon. And we have James Howitt from uh, Black Project in Denver. Um, and then I actually just connected with her this week, but um, her name is Melinda. She runs a kombucha company in Kansas called Morning Light Kombucha. And she is uh, Native American. She's the only Native American um, kombucha brewery owner in the country. And she does 90% of her flavor ingredients are local foraged ingredients. Um, That's really that cool. Into tea. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have her on the panel as well. Um, and that'll be moderated by Rachel Edwards, who is the head brewer at Oozle Finch. Um, who's just a, a prodigy. She's awesome. Yeah, just so, I just read the interview that you guys posted oh, yeah. up with her. Yeah, she's super cool. She's 24 years old, and she's the head brewer of uh, this awesome, awesome brewery down in Virginia. Um, so you got to be doing something right if you're 24 and and running a, a program like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then, of course, if you live in, in one of eight states or D.C., that we can ship to, I think, let me see if I got it. It's Oregon, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire. That's four. Oh man. Virginia is one of them because I, I I finally found uh, one of my friends in Virginia is going to let me have um, said I could ship to them. Virginia, North Dakota, Nevada, and another one. Uh, (laughs) Someone else. you can you can find out i'm bummed though like there's a there's a couple states that um we've thrown some awesome events in like california new york that just uh legally we can't we can't ship to them but if you are in one of those eight states or dc we can ship a curated box of 18 beers directly to your door um we got some killer glassware that we made for the event and uh yeah it's gonna be a pretty rad rad time I think you should talk about the box too, because I thought that was kind of a cool aspect of it. The box, the box is like the dumbest thing that I've ever done. (laughs) It might also be one of the coolest, you know, I think there's like a correlation there. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so the box is fully customized box. Um, We worked with West Rock, which is a packaging company that does a lot of work in the beer industry. If you've ever seen the cardboard can collars um, at like the Vail or like- oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's all West Rock. Um, they, they, it's a huge company, um, but they have a craft beer division. And so they do a lot of packaging for, for the industry. So we worked with them to make this custom box. Our artist, uh, Sam Taylor, who's based in London, he did one side of the box and uh, the box actually unfolds like kind of a game board, like a monopoly board. Um, it's magnetic. 
Like it, it, <laughs> a lot <laughs> went into this. It took us like months to, to make this box. So Sam Taylor did one side and then uh, Uzel Finch's artist did the other side. So it's a reversible box that uh, is, you can open it up and it's magnetic. So it like, you know, goes both ways. Um, and once you take all the beers out, you can actually use it as like a photo box, um, as like a kind of a light box. So it becomes like the backdrop. If you want to put a beer in front of it, um, you can use one side or the other, um, you know, because uh, part of what we do and part of what we really love doing is Instagram, uh, the at Hop Culture Mag Instagram account. Um, it's something we've put a lot of time into and, and just have a ton of fun with. So we wanted to um, create some type of experience that people could kind of have in their own homes and be able to, to capture some really cool photography um, from their own homes. So I thought it was a great idea. Thanks. It's uh, I will say, yeah, it's definitely unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, but it, it, it was a headache, man, <laughs> to make. but, uh, hopefully, you know, it's, we got a sample and it, it looks awesome. I'm super excited. So it's it, kind of cool too. Cause the, the two artist styles are pretty complementary to each other, which is complete coincidence. Like it just totally worked out. Um, you know, Sam in London is doing his own crazy art. You can see actually, I don't know if, if people are listening or if they'll be able to, to see the stream, but uh, I have some, some posters behind me that Sam did for some of our festivals. Um, and then, of course, uh, Uzel Finch, their artist, uh, I think it's Viva, V-A-I-V-A. Um, she rocks. She's so cool. So, yeah, they both really love color. Um, both very different artists but also complementary i think as you pointed out what um what's sam's thing with worms so you just like worms Dude, he loves worms and cigarettes man <laughs> I, I don't even think he smokes uh he's a big runner he's like a big health guy yeah he so, probably does not smoke then i don't know man he it's just his thing it's like what he does it's like uh i don't know i i can't answer that question. <laughs> it yeah. just, I, that was one of the first things that stuck out to me. Like uh, the first couple things I saw from you, like everything has a worm. <laughs> everything has a worm and everything has a cigarette, except eh, probably 50% of the time I'll be like, mm, dude, you got to take the cigarette out. <laughs> this is going, the brand we're working with for this one, they're not, they're not a cigarette crew. You got to get rid of it. <laughs> so the, um, are, do ticket sales for the VIP box still end on the 5th? They end on the, I believe it's the 12th. Oh, okay, cool. Then it, yeah, people yeah, will yeah. definitely hear this before Yeah, uh, yeah. Before it's that ends. Up. It's definitely coming up. Um, and there's a chance we will, of course, sell out, uh, in which case we'll call it. But um, hopefully we won't and everyone will get to participate who wants to participate but yeah uh ticket sales end soon because we got to get our beer orders in to yeah. all the participating breweries we got some awesome cats coming in we got some beer from great notion from equilibrium from weldworks from 
Southern Gris, Bearded Iris, Tripping Animals down in Florida. Um, Weathered Souls is doing a collab with Uzzle Finch. We did a collab with Uzzle Finch. Um, Rhythm Brewing did a collab with Uzzle Finch. Um, man, there's just a bunch of really, really cool breweries that are going to be participating. Um, and I'm, I'm stoked. I think it's, it's a good mix of like people that, that beer lovers have probably heard of. And then also like who's next, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's of course like the other halves, the tree house, the monkish, uh, the great notions, the, the weld works that, that have just been crushing the game for the last couple of years. Um, and then there's, you know, who, who's coming down the line, who's been putting work in and, and building really cool programming and doing really cool stuff. So we tried to do a nice little mix of like, uh, sort of the, the, the OG craft beer guard. And then, uh, some of the, the, the new up and comers. Yeah. Um, so how, how will it be delivered? Like how, like I get from a technical aspect, how are you doing the. To your home. I'll send it to you in a box. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Like the programming part of it. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was a horrible segue on my part. I jumped. <laughs> Yeah, I under uh, I understand shipping. I, I can yeah. I can visually <laughs> we had to go over that. Um yeah, so it's it's a, a streaming platform. Um so if you have a ticket, you will get uh an email um with access to um you know beyond the paywall, if you will, yes. as you have a ticket. So um we'll send you the link and uh you you'll be able to download actually an app and you can, you can tune in on the phone or of course on the desktop or, or tablet, whatever at your home. So uh, basically anywhere you have an internet connection, so, you can jump in. So on the 15th, will that, will that all be produced live or is it pre-recorded content? All produced live. All okay. produced live. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> will, will it be interactive? Uh, can it, will people, it totally will be. Okay. So uh, we have some really, really cool speakers and we've tried to budget time in at the end of every presentation for Q and a um, also to anybody that has a ticket. Um, I'm going to be working on this soon, but uh, we're hopefully going to solicit questions in advance. Um, so we'll have a mix of um, you can submit questions uh two people in advance and and if you see a somebody you really want to get an answer from i know i'm super excited to be moderating the panel that i am because uh great notion and evil twin and and weld works are three breweries that i really admire so i get to ask them all my questions but uh it'll be interactive and and people have a chance to ask their questions as well awesome and then everything will be available for a certain period of time afterwards or just it'll be available afterwards for if you purchase the ticket. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that's a piece I'm still working out. So okay. good, good reminder to, to figure that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that part's important to me because unfortunately I'll be at the beach on the 15th. So I, I need to be able to watch it afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I hear it. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure for 45 days afterwards, it'll be accessible. 
but um, we might try and get the, what I want to do is get the, you know, just like the MP4s and, yeah. and upload them to a, a server and just host them. So um, ideally everything will be available for, for in perpetuity, but for at least uh, over a month afterward. Okay, perfect. Um, we did something a little bit, maybe not quite as ambitious uh, with the Maryland Brewers Association um, for to replace because every year their big festival that funds, I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's a big part of their budget. Um, thousands of people, they hosted in Frederick and that was obviously canceled because it was in May. Um, so they did a digital version of it. Uh, it was free and it was kind of like, you can make donations throughout right. it, but yeah. there, it was, it was broken up into separate panels and the, where different breweries discussed, um, like one of them was so like the beer I'm drinking. This, uh, was pitched during these three breweries were on the panel for the juicy oh, hazy cool. beers. And yeah. I, I was moderating the whole festival. All right. So it was a lot of fun. Thankfully, I didn't have to do any of the work on the back end yeah, producing it because that sound that part sounded difficult. Damn it! <laughs> You're gonna tell me all the secrets. Oh man! I mean, I can put you in touch with the guy that did it all, but <laughs> I'll figure it out. That's uh, that's been the way, man. Twenty nine events, you just kind of flop your way to success. <laughs> and the, the thing is that thankfully. For the most part, people are pretty forgiving if they're drinking beer. So it. Yeah, I found, you know, the only, you got to have enough bathrooms and enough beer. Yeah. And so, those two things, right? Uh, and tickets. You got to move people in quickly enough. But you get those three things, right? And and people are generally pretty chill about yeah. uh, the other mistakes you make. <laughs> I, um. Is there anything else about FML Fest that you want to put out uh, there before we take a quick uh, sponsor break? No, I would just say if you're interested, uh, FMLFest.com is the website. Um, you can also find a bunch of information about it at um, Hop Culture Mag, M-A-G, like magazine, on Instagram. And uh, if you have any questions for me uh, personally, shoot us a message at Hop Culture Mag on Instagram. Uh, or hello at hopculture.com, and uh, I'm happy to answer those questions. All right, so we're going to take a real quick break. Um, then I think we'll we should get into uh, how did hop hop culture become a thing. Get into it. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh locally sourced culinary creations, and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of India Pale Ales, delicious fruited sours, robust porters and stouts, and crispy pilsers and lagers, Idiom Brewing Company prides themselves 
on continuing to innovate, utilizing new and or experimental hops, local ingredients, and unique flavor, flavor profiles. Unfortunately, you can't enjoy their tap room, which is located along beautiful Carroll Creek in downtown Frederick. Thankfully, you can enjoy their delicious beer to go and even have it delivered throughout the Frederick area. You can check out their menu options and place your order at idiombrewing.com. Make sure to follow them on social media for up-to-date options and hours during these ever-changing times. All right, so um, how, where did hop culture come from? What, what's, its, what's its origin story? Yeah, man, I was living in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Beautiful 412, baby. And I was in grad school. I was having a, a pretty nice time. I was writing a thesis and uh, I... Where'd you go to school? Uh, undergrad, I was at Duke University. Okay. And then... My, uh, both my brother-in-law and sister-in-law went there and my sister-in-law works there now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How old are they? They, I should know that. Uh, late 30s for... Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're old like me. Damn, that's old man you can tell him i said that uh so i didn't know but uh that's awesome yeah so i went there undergrad and then for grad school i went to a school in pittsburgh called chatham university okay um and so i was i've been living in new york city after undergrad uh working for a magazine then and then moved out to california for a bit got into grad school moved back to pittsburgh which is where i'm originally from and, uh, you know, being in, in three very different places in a pretty short amount of time, I noticed that um, in all of these cities, like beer was kind of becoming a thing, right? And when I was working for the magazine right out of college in, in New York City, um, I had been writing some beer pieces and they were always super popular. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a thing. Like, I think, I think people like this, you know, drinking this beer is going to catch on. Yeah. Yeah. This whole beer thing. Right. Um, you know, people have been drinking beer for thousands of years, but, but, but the community that we have today is, is relatively new. Right. Um, the, the culture built around it and the, the intense caring about every aspect of Yeah the business and the culture and totally. totally. Yeah. So yeah, the culture is, is relatively new. And so I remember thinking like, okay, this is, this is something that I've seen in like quite a few different places. Like it's not just New York city. This is happening. It's not just Northern California. This is happening. It's not just Pittsburgh. Like something's going on here. Um, and of course, the, the statistic is that uh, when I started, there were 2,000 breweries in the country. And I mean, now, what is it, eight years later, and there's over 8,000? Yeah. Although but, the, the statistics being predicted of how many won't make it are kind of scary, but ho- hopefully... They are scary. At least I know. So locally, when COVID hit, there were a lot of brewery owners that like were very doom and gloom and thought they were going to go under. Right. Um, after about a month of how right. we, we became, we were able to operate in Maryland, at least everyone was much more optimistic. And there's, there, there's very few 
places at least that I've talked to in Maryland that are in trouble. Yeah. I, and I've seen that happen here as well. Um, and that's what that's the sense I get generally from, from the industry, um, which is great. I, you know, obviously want to see the industry succeed as much as possible. Um, but I, yeah, so I was living in Pittsburgh, I was writing my thesis and, and I just remember thinking like, you know, I should write a book, uh, like a road trip book, um, about breweries in the United States so that when people are driving around, they can, you know, say, okay, I'm in, I'm in Delaware. They open up the book to Delaware. Um, and it would be like a lonely planet travel guide or like yeah. the travel guide where they could see like, okay, go here for this and here for this. And then I remember thinking, well, you know, nobody reads books anymore. Uh, didn't, so, didn't you just come out with a book? Yeah, I, I totally did. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of funny. Um, the Brewing Cloud, if you want to check it out, it's on Amazon. Uh, you you can add it to the cart when you buy your tickets to FML Fest. You can, and we've had quite a few people add it, uh, which has been super supportive and really nice. And um, I'll probably write you a nice message on the inside cover. Okay, um, well, real quick, I want to interrupt you one more time. Yeah. I missed the personal messages. What do you mean? When, whenever, like, Back in the day, whenever, like back in the day, like a year or two ago, um, when I would order glassware, it would always come with a personal oh, message on the receipt. Yeah. And so, all, what, man? Success uh, is a double edged sword. Yeah, that's what I assume. There's probably too many now that. <laughs> there are too many now. I used to write a handwritten note in every single order, and I. Yes, I would love to do it, and I just can't anymore. And so I pick like every fourth order, and I'll I'll sit down and I'll write a letter to someone. Uh, every, because, every time I open up a box and there's no letter in there, my heart breaks a little bit. <laughs> uh, now I know that's actually really good feedback. That's really nice. Um, I love doing it because it still astounds me that somebody out there enjoys something that like I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm still amazed, uh, and honored and it's so appreciated. Um, so it's something that I, I really love doing and I, I try and do it as much as I can, but, um, there are days, uh, especially when we do like a new release, we'll get just too many orders and I just yeah. can't, I just can't do it. Um, with the amount of time I have in my life <laughs> or I totally would. Um, but that's good feedback. I, I appreciate you letting me know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I did. So yes, I remember thinking like books, I'm not going to come out with a book. I was like, why don't I make it a digital resource? Uh, and then I was like, Oh wait, uh, I totally know how to do that because the magazine I was working for in New York city was a digital magazine. Um, and now they have a print edition and they're, they're doing super well. But, um, at the time it was, it was all digital. And so that's kind of how it started. And, uh, what kind of magazine was it? It's a men's lifestyle magazine. It's okay. called gear, Patrol, gear patrol.com. Um, I, think I, I think I've seen that before. Yeah. I was the sixth person there. And now I think they've got, I mean, double digits. It's oh, like, wow. it's, um, yeah, so they've been very successful and, and done a really great job. Um, but actually, if you go to gearpatrol.com and you look at some of their pieces, you can see actually where our focus on 
really high quality photography and good editorial comes from. Um, it's directly, you know, that's what I learned right out of school was uh, the importance of really high quality editorial and really high quality photography. And so that's kind of what we combined. You know what's uh, sad though? What is it? I, I, I 100% agree with you. I care immensely about photography. It's been one of my hobbies but, my whole life. Hit me with the butt because I feel the other shoe is about to drop. Most people don't care. You think? I'm, it's Well, so I, I work in a newspaper. and. Okay. And, and I had, I used to have, um, I had a print magazine and we would excruciatingly painful, like spend hours just to take one photo and, and you would nitpick and find like all the things you weren't happy with it. And most people just don't care. Like if it's even a little bit good, the vast majority of people looking at stuff are going to love it. That's interesting. I found that people, in my experience, people do care about photography. Uh, what they don't care about is the writing. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, I see. I don't, I guess because I, I hear the feedback from like in a newspaper world, like obviously that's very tech centric. Um, but it's, it, I feel like the people taking the photos mm. care way more like, the, the bar that you set for yourself or where it should be is yeah. way, 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 way higher yeah. than what most people would be impressed by. Yeah, totally. But I think that's, that's probably any art, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a writing degree, you know, master's degree and, and I don't know, <laughs> I could, uh, have an intern do everything and it would, no one would care. <laughs> But I mean, like, I'm the same way, like half of the photos that I post on Instagram are taken inside of a studio with four lights and, and then you just post some like blurry ass photo from uh, your iPhone or whatever. And it gets the same engagement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day, it's like how you want to spend your time. And and I really, I enjoy writing, you know, I write for fun. But at least there's the use and eyes of the world that appreciate that effort put into it. Sure. Yeah. That's, uh, it's good to be nerdy about something, you know? Um, and this is what I've chosen. (laughs) So yeah, I think, um, originally I wanted to call the company Bruce Luth, which, Oh my God. Can you imagine? It's you made the right decision. It's the worst name maybe ever. Um, and I was actually, I, at the time I was teaching yoga and, um, just like for fun in my free time. And I had gone down with some of my friends to this like yoga retreat and we were coming back from West Virginia. We were driving back to Pittsburgh and we were all like, you know, pretty hungover because you think yoga retreats are all about like green juices and spiritual energy but it's mostly just like a bunch of people getting drunk in the woods right what's a detox uh, retox that's it you know you can't have one without the other (laughs) it's a healthy that's the that's the balance that's the middle way um 
but uh, yeah, we were coming back and I, I was telling two of my friends about this idea I had for a digital craft beer magazine. And I was like, but I can't think of a name. The best I've got is Bruce Luth, which is a, a, a terrible name. And my friends were just like not having it. They were just like, oh, that sounds cool. I feel like and, every time you told someone that name, you'd have to repeat it to them. Like they, yeah, they would ask you what you said. It's not good, man. It's just not good. Um, my friend Leslie, she she was sitting in the, I was in the back. She was sitting in the passenger seat. So there was like silence for like 10 minutes. And then she just goes, what about pop culture? And I was just like, Leslie, that's the best idea I've ever heard in my life. You owe Leslie. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, if you go to hopculture.com right now and you scroll to the bottom of the page, you click about, you will see uh, our masthead, which is, um, you know, a list of everybody who works at the magazine. And uh, if you scroll to the bottom of the masthead, you will see Muse. Uh, Muse. <laughs> Leslie Philipsy, number one, baby. <laughs> uh, she told me if I took her out to lunch and I listed her as Muse on the masthead, I was free to use that name. So I did both of those things, and she's still on there as Muse. It's a fair deal, I think. That's a fair deal. <laughs> we started that January 17th, 2017. Uh, we launched the website. And the Instagram, well, the Instagram was before that. The Instagram was in 2016, we launched. Um, but the website launched 20, January 2017. And then eight months later, we threw our first festival with our buddies at Dancing Gnome here in Pittsburgh. And we just had 10 breweries that had never poured in Pittsburgh before uh, come to the backyard of Dancing Gnome. We had a DJ. We just threw a party. <laughs> uh the whole thing sold out in 10 seconds. That's crazy. Like, every single ticket. So I was like, cool. And it, it was what, there was their one year anniversary party, right? Kind of. Anniversary yeah. party and our like eight month anniversary party. But we were like, yeah, let's just throw a birthday party for Dancing Gnome. Like let's, and like we'll invite 10 breweries that have never poured in Pittsburgh before. And like, you know, Everything that you would have at a traditional beer festival, like the lines and the volunteers and like the, the, can I swear on this show? Yeah, go ahead. I don't care. I've been told to F off before. So (laughs) on your own show. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a brewery of, um, good friends with, but like we have a fake on like social media feud with each other. Like they constantly post stuff, taking jabs at me. But I had them on, and we were talking about one of their really popular hazy beers. And I asked him how much flour he added to it to make it hazy. And then, probably a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, that's funny. Okay. <laughs> well, that's not as dramatic as I thought it was going to be. No, no, it wasn't like a fight or anything. <laughs> All right, uh, you should, dude. You should totally go for that. I mean. Yeah, nope. just start a fight in the middle of one. Once I'm I can do these in person nope. again, <laughs> get told to to screw off your own show. That's pretty epic. <laughs> um, I'll yell at you if you want. Oh uh, yeah, cool. Not now. I, I'm in a good mood right now. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't remember what 
Uh, one year, one year anniversary party lines, volunteers, uh, and then you asked if you could swear. Just like, I don't know, man. You go to you go to one of these like festivals at a convention center, and I think like most people who are into craft beer at this point have probably been to like a dope craft beer festival. Yeah. That one in the one I think you may have been just referring to in Pittsburgh is awful. Oh, I don't the... know. <laughs> Probably was, yeah, dude. Because <laughs> uh, I used to go to that one uh, when I first started the magazine. I had a deal with a local brewery where I would pour for them. They wouldn't have to pay anyone to pour, mm -hmm. uh, and in exchange, I could hand out little like cards, you know, that just had the website on it and talk to people about the magazine. And dude, that that was the worst. I fucking sorry. That's I, I fine. Hated, <laughs> I hated that festival, man. Uh, it was miserable. Like people would just walk up to you, like, oh, "What's what's the highest alcohol um, yeah. uh, thing that you have?" And you're like, I, "I don't even work here, man. I don't know. Like, you can have this here. <laughs> just just uh, drink this one. Yeah, you like this, maybe. I don't know. Um, but but that, it was like everything type of festival encompassed. Like we were like, let's just do the opposite of all of that." So like we paid for all the beer, we got all the brewers, uh, there to pour rather than like some dumbass volunteer who didn't know shit about the product yeah. and care, um, doesn't care at all. Right. Exactly. Instead of like, you know, your classic awful local bluegrass or rock band, like playing on a terrible set of speakers, like we just got a dope DJ. Uh, to come just tear it up. Um, and it's like, it's since expanded. So like we did, I don't know, when we did the birthday party at Dancing Gnome, right? We had a, uh, for our, the second year to celebrate the anniversary of the first sweet festival we threw, we themed it actually as a birthday party. And I bought a ton of sheet cake and <laughs> we had a balloon animal uh, twister and uh that dude was a hit by the way like drunk people i i have found love nothing more than a balloon animal twister and we had yeah confetti and balloons everywhere and like all the art was birthday party themed um and it it's just an experience it's just like a, a fun awesome thing to do that is not yeah. sitting in a line in a convention center to try the same beer that you're going to be able to buy at a gas station up the road while someone behind you is chanting USA, USA and <laughs> going up on his own shoots. Um, so that's, that's kind of how that has evolved. So at this point, <laughs> at this point, we run a digital craft beer magazine, hopculture.com. We have the Instagram at hopculture mag. We have 29 live festivals plus one digital festival which is coming up <laughs> fml fest 2020 we have our own store on the website where we do a ton of really cool glassware and merch and we're actually going to be re-releasing some of our most popular glasses uh very soon um i actually just was talking to our supplier today to see if we could work that out um but yeah man which it's ones been... oh you want the oh you want the you want the you want me to drop the knowledge I, here. I do because I need to make sure that I'm prepared. 
All right. Well, we got, um, you know, being from Pittsburgh and, and being in, in love with the city of Pittsburgh, we have the glass that you're drinking out of right now. Uh, we also have a Tiku glass that we had made for one of our festivals in Pittsburgh with um, kind of the, the city skyline going around the whole. With TV all the world. teams and everything? Yeah. It, okay. That's the one I want. I don't have that one. Yeah, we're doing that one. Uh, our third ever festival was in Columbus, Ohio, and it was a hot mess and it was so much fun. Um, and it was just a mess though. And we had made a glass with a wiener dog. I have that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I think we're going to do the wiener dog glass. Again. Nice. Um, cause I've been waiting, you know two and a half years to do that one again. So. I can tell you every time I post a picture with the Mr. Rogers one, people love the Mr. Rogers they glass. Love it, huh? Yeah. You know, I was conflicted about that one because, uh, I, I don't love putting people on my, on my glasses because yeah. like, it's like, he was a dude. Like what if somebody put my face, ah, I'd be frankly very flattered if somebody put my mug on a glass. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I don't know. He's he rests in peace, Fred. You know he's no longer with us. He can't tell us one way or another yeah. whether he wants his visage uh, put on a glass. But um, I, that's one of my favorite glasses. And the first time I ever posted a photo of it, I took the photo poolside in Latrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. My my wife's aunt and uncle live in Latrobe. Well, they okay. live in California in Latrobe. They come back every summer so we were visiting them it's like it's a, it seemed like the perfect place to break out that glass oh yeah pennsylvania in the summer is awesome i, I know uh, i california in the, in the winter but <laughs> we're gonna um take one more uh quick sponsor break and then i have a couple more questions about uh hop culture and all the other things you have going on love it the Uncap Podcast is brought to you by District East. A lot of Friday and Saturday afternoons, you'll find me at District East for their weekly beer tastings. District East is part of the local beer community, and they get limited releases and exclusive beers that are hard to find anyplace else. This is why I chose District East for the release of my collaboration beers. One of my favorite things to do at District East is building a custom six-pack. With over 900 beers on their shelves and new beers every week, District East is a great place to find beers I love and to discover new and hard-to-find ones. They also have eight beers on tap for Crowler and Growler fills, and they have kegs to go. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beers lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Vanish Farmwoods Brewery. Vanish is a brewery and entertainment complex located on a 62-acre hops and apple farm in Luckett's, Virginia, just 20 minutes from Frederick, Maryland and Leesburg, Virginia. With over 20 beers on tap, a selection of wines and ciders, along with multiple food options, there is something for everyone. Vanish has live music on Saturdays and Sundays and a wide variety of special events. Go to VanishBeer.com for information on everything they have to offer. See that I'm telling you, you do need to get yourself put onto a glass oh dude is that you yeah oh wow look at those handsome men it's uh we made a um 
a three musketeer inspired stout named one for all that was a past- I, pastry stout and then, then we made a um uh, some of it was put into rum barrels so we had a rum barrel variant and then there's still some um sitting in a whiskey barrel that will Ooh. come out in bottles and Shoot, at I, some point i love it so the hopculture.com or wait yeah hopculture.com mag's not in the um you don't have any kind of advertising or anything there so is is it the festivals and the merchandise that fund everything dude you definitely have a pop-up blocker on or or an ad canceller because we uh, we totally have advertising do you? On. yeah <laughs> I gotta, I gotta keep the lights on, man. I got employees to pay. <laughs> You're not seeing it. Oh, now I am. Yeah. There it is, loading. Why did I think you didn't have ads? Oh no, we do. I mean, they're not like the, the. Nobody's making a fortune off of those. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean events are are big for us uh, merch is big for us advertising yeah all all that contributes to to the bottom line and at the end of the day uh we're running a free digital craft beer magazine and so like um you know it's not uh, easy i can i can vouch for you uh and especially if you have a print a free print uh, magazine. It's very, very difficult to do that. Yeah. It sounds like there's a reason you're not in that business anymore, huh? Yeah, that it, it's on it's on a hiatus. Hiatus. <laughs> yeah, man, it's tough. It's tough. But it, it is fun, and it's really uh, rewarding, and I get to meet really cool people and talk about something I'm passionate about, and at the end of the day, like, that's what? awesome. What so. is your favorite experience that you have been afforded from doing hop culture? That's maybe the best question I've ever been asked. But but it's such a big question. It uh, is, but I'm sure you I'm sure you've gotten to do a lot a real a lot of really cool things because yeah, of hop culture. But what... Totally. Totally. Um I I love traveling and uh I just love just meeting new people and, and hearing diverse perspectives. And, uh, I mean, that's like, that's life. Like that's the, that's the good stuff. Right. And so the, the places that I've been able to go, um, because of the job that I have, whether it's like to rural Oregon to, you know, go meet with the ale apothecary or out to Copenhagen to go to the, uh, McKellar beer fest, or, um, I don't know, just traveling and, and meeting new people has been awesome. Um, you mentioned the book and that is something that I've always, I've always wanted to publish a book. Um, I've been writing fiction, primarily every day since I was, I don't know, in my teens. Um, and so I've, I've always wanted to publish a book. And when I was younger, my dad would always say, you know, why don't you try writing for like an audience? 
and I was always like, that's selling out, man. I'm, I'm an artist. <laughs> and um, now that I have been in the writing game for a while, I write obviously for, for hot culture and I freelance for uh, Forbes as well. I'm a contributor there and um, I have a piece coming out in men's health in October, awesome. which will be awesome. Uh, I'm stoked about that. I just submitted it today, actually. Um, but now that I have, you know, I'm older and uh, maybe a little wiser, um, I, I just realized the truth of what my dad was trying to tell me. And, you know, I, I have an audience and it's, it's our community. It's the, the people that are as passionate as I am about, um, meeting new people and, and learning about new businesses and new beers and, and new artists. And, um, so I wrote uh, a book of fictional short stories that all take place in this imaginary city uh, called the Brewing Cloud, where everyone that lives there is involved in some aspect of the beer industry. So I drew on a lot of my experiences and in the job that I have um, to write this book. And uh, it's been great people have been super supportive and uh really interested in it and been able to you know distribute far far more copies than i ever thought i would uh be able to and so that's been like a lifelong dream of mine um to publish a book for sure ever since i was like a kid you know and uh to actually be able to do that and to have an audience for that is like one of I think like the most rewarding things personally that, that I've been able to do. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's funny. I grew up hating writing. I, um, <laughs> I almost didn't graduate because yeah. of my English class. Um, and then I, then I married an English teacher. Um, <laughs> and so, so then somehow I found myself being the editor and yeah. one of the writers of a magazine and occasionally writing for a newspaper um, and then was offered to write a book. And I don't think I could ever pull that off. But then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I want to write a book, but I, it'll probably never happen because it'll be an yeah. awful book. <laughs> yeah. I'll blurb it, dude. Do it. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, man. It's, but yeah, you do have to want it for sure. Cause it's not easy. <laughs> In fact, it, it's mostly terrible. It's mostly awful. It's really hard. <laughs> but it, it's rewarding when you do it, I guess. So uh, did you know there's a whole subgenre of romance novels that take place in breweries? No, I didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> there, there was um, one of the other podcasts at our newspaper. She doesn't work there anymore. But she, there was this woman who hosted a rom romance novel podcast. Cool. And... Um, she asked me if I would read one of those books and then be a guest on it. And I, I listened to the audio book while I was cutting grass. It was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever listened to in my life. Dude, I, I, you have given me a path toward the future. Yeah. So you could that. get into writing romance novels that take place in, uh, breweries. Maybe I already have my friend. <laughs> Maybe that's the one I listened to. <laughs> What's your ghost uh, name? <laughs> yeah right jk rowling <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's been cool. Um, I actually, I, I'm, I met my fiance, I guess, through the beer industry. Um, we were throwing a festival at Cinderland's Brewing in Pittsburgh. I, need to, I haven't tried them yet. Oh, they're awesome. And they're, they're like one of they're one of the big up and coming ones now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're amazing. The brewer Paul came from Solemn Oath in Chicago, which um, has a an awesome reputation. And uh, yeah, I mean their space is beautiful. They have two spaces actually in Pittsburgh, um, but their their new space in the Strip District, it's called um, in Pittsburgh, uh, is just awesome. But of course, with COVID, you can't yeah. go there. But um, well, if you damn people up there would just wear a mask. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> I wear a mask. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, my fiance, she had seen me in uh, an Instagram post that Cinderlands posted because we were throwing a festival there, and she was like, "Oh, there's a handsome, young, clearly Jewish man that." Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to meet. And uh, then she actually found me on Instagram, but I was living in New York at the time. And so she said, oh, um, yes, whatever, I'll move on. And then, uh, of course, I moved back to Pittsburgh and we we matched on a dating app. And she was like, I've seen this dude before. Uh, <laughs> and so that's been a cool experience the beer industry has afforded me is uh, – <laughs> A loving relationship that will be a marriage next year. So. For, for the um, happiness in your marriage, I would just yeah. make that your default answer. <laughs> for the happiness in my marriage, yeah. I, I like. You know, I'm a talker. I like to talk. That's that's the short answer. <laughs> the the happiness. Oh, she just texted me. Oh, can you bring some water up when you come upstairs, please? Of course, Rachel, I'd be happy to. <laughs> Actually, I, I, if I check my text messages, I probably have something very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, this is, it's cool though. Um, we got some new stuff coming down the line, which I'm stoked about. Um, we launched a, a coffee club during COVID because we had to cancel live events, which was like, you know, one of our main sources of revenue. And then of course, advertising nobody was was paying for advertising because yeah, know about that right? So, <laughs> yeah right so uh we launched a direct-to-consumer coffee club and and it's called the hop culture coffee club and we actually feature every month a different roastery um that's a brewery so like modern times or night shift or um i just sent out today mostra um they're not a brewery but they collab with uh Chorus and I mean all the big West Coast names. Okay. They have coffee in the beer. You know it's probably Moster Coffee. So um, just we featured roasteries that either are breweries themselves or have really deep connections to the, the brewing industry. And through that, um, we actually decided to start barrel aging some of our own coffee um, with barrels from breweries is that so, what is that the ones that were strapped in the back of your uh your truck i'll let you know because you were kind enough to have me on this <laughs> yes that's why i drove to ohio uh on wednesday to go pick up a bunch of barrels 
is because I'm going to be aging some coffee in some. That's awesome. Barrels, some Jackie O's barrels, Great Notion barrels, Horace barrels, Dancing Gnome barrels, and then we're gonna we're gonna do collabs, coffee collabs with all these breweries. There is a. Are you familiar with uh, Union Brewing? Yeah. Union Craft Brewing. They have um, where they're located now. The Union Collective. There's a yeah. really good coffee place there called Vent. That's that. I'm writing it down. And also in Maryland, there's Vigilante Coffee that is amazing. And those guys taught me more about coffee than I knew existed. They um, they're the coffee that Flying Dog uses in Cujo. Oh. Awesome. So I have hop culture. We'll be launching bean culture. <laughs> Going back to the well. <laughs> I know. Right? I like the nomenclature, you know, you yeah. got to stick with it. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I mean, cause there is, I mean, there's, I never, I recent, like within the last couple of years started yeah. to really get into coffee. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize how, much of a rabbit hole that is you can go down it's almost it might be worse than beer like i think it, it is worse than beer bad man i am deep in the sauce man and uh there is so much to learn and and so many things to buy <laughs> and uh it's awesome though it's you know the flavors and the people and the sustainability and uh all that it's it's a really cool industry but um, so a friend of mine um who's one of those people when they start a hobby like they go all in yeah <laughs> he um he bought an espresso machine that was like three thousand dollars yeah and sounds- like he started to talk about and it sounded like the most miserable experience to make coffee with it because it was just so much work but isn't, isn't that just the way, right? You like, part of the reason you enjoy it so much is because of the work put in there. Yeah, I guess that it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Or you just let these idiots make something for you, like co-hearted, and you can drink their awesome product, <laughs> and you don't have so to make it yourself. This, this is a beer you need to check out. It's a yeah. series of sour ales that Full Tilt Brewing in um, Baltimore makes. And okay. they're called uh, – Dan is one of the owners. He doesn't like sour beers. So the um, <laughs> the brewmaster started a line – and that's Dan there uh, floating. <laughs> and he, he loves Pearl Jam. Um, so they came out with a line of sour beers named Dan's Jams. Dan's Jams, man. Eddie Vedder would be proud. <laughs> um so and oh, I, I don't think i have any left but one of the latest releases was um a gummy worm one it was mm. really good and they're always like a real beautiful color yeah i like that but you should seek some of these out they're really good i'll tell i'll write that down too so there i know i've seen you post stuff from rar before um yeah so you probably if you had a rar out of order uh-huh. The they're very similar to out of orders. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wacky flavors, man. So what um what was the beer that got you into craft beer? Oh yeah, quite obviously. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah. I feel like for like sixty percent of the industry. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Allagash fan. I had that when I was my freshman year of college. There was a senior uh, who I was friends with that would, you know, he, he's actually the one that got me into just craft beer. He was brewing and he ran a club called Beer of the Week that he then passed down to me when he graduated. Um, so without him, there, there would be no hop culture because I don't know if I ever would have become interested in, in the industry, but, uh, his favorite beer was Allagash White. And I remember him telling me about it and then let me try it. And I was just like, Oh yeah, that tastes like fall. And I love it. (laughs) When when I was going to the, um, I went to university of Pittsburgh at Johnstown for, uh, for a year and, um, the best beer anyone drinking was drinking there was rolling rock i mean was, i love rock. <laughs> but at least it was made at, i mean i'm That's old true. so it was back when it was still made locally yeah 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 I, I, there's a time and a place for rolling rock my first one is flying dogs um old scratch okay nice nice because flying dog had just moved to frederick um, and they didn't bother learning any laws in Maryland. <laughs> and the, I, th- I don't, e- I don't even know if they were still operating under Colorado's laws, but you could go there. And if you took a tour, you could have unlimited, uh, tastings. Right, right. And, uh, so my buddies and I just started going there and having it. and do- doing tastings. <laughs> For a whole Saturday. <laughs> Damn you, Allagash. <laughs> and then here I am now. <laughs> yeah, Allagash just came to Pittsburgh, which I'm stoked about. We were supposed to throw a launch event for them, uh, which of course got canceled. Um, Do you know Rob Todd had COVID? No. Dude. That's yeah. Cool. I learned that yesterday. Uh, I think he's okay now, but like, Oh, that would have crushed me, man. Talk about, he's like my hero. I love that. (laughs) So did they, they open, um, like a tap room or something in Pittsburgh? What is Oh, distributing. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Brewdog just opened a tap room. I did see that. It's on the South side, right? Uh, um, it's in a neighborhood called East Liberty. Oh, okay. Sliberty. Sliberty. Uh, no, you're thinking of fat heads. Okay. Fat Heads is Southside. But uh, Brewdog's Liberty. And then rumors where that platform was coming in here. It might still happen. It might not. We don't need them. Well, I think um, the last few months have screwed up a lot of plans of uh, breweries making moves. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah. where, where in Pittsburgh did you grow up? I grew up in the South Hills. And then, uh, we're in I the South Hills, uh, upper St. Clair. Okay. You know the South? Yeah. I grew up in Jefferson Hills. I went to Thomas Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Oh, that explains why you're drinking out of the Pittsburgh glass yeah. and why you Pittsburgh so much. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, okay. oh, wait, wait, right there is a, uh, Roethlisberger, Heinz Ward, uh, Heath Miller, autograph football. <laughs> oh yeah cool that's wild i didn't know that okay and that's why you know that john from the alchemist okay this is all making 
dude, you should have told me that like 56 minutes ago. Ah, uh, sorry. It was, yeah. it, that was the, uh, that was the plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> dude, this is crazy. This is crazier than Inception. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why I, um, that, the day I met you at, um, Dancing Gnome, it was just, it was a week that my wife and I were back up cause she's from Pittsburgh. Also, we didn't meet till both of us had moved to Frederick. Um, and cool. I, it was just during a vacation, like a going back home, um, where I had scheduled, I went to, uh, dancing gnome East end. And then I also interviewed Mike Potter at East end. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, <laughs> I just moved actually to Aspenwall, okay. uh, which is north of the city um, and is really pretty and uh, been really nice to be here. I'm enjoying it. Is Dancing Gnome still working on expanding or have they already or what? They haven't yet, but they're working on it. Okay. They have the space and it's being built out. It's just, of course, with with COVID, it doesn't make much sense to yeah. have an the tap room space if you can't use it. So um, they're doing well. They're doing well, which is great because I like them a lot. <laughs> Andrew is probably one of the, I'm not sure what adjective I want to use, but one of the best people I've met through doing Uncapped. That's awesome to hear. I didn't know where you were going with that. I figured you were going to say something nice, and I'm glad you did because yeah. he's a friend of mine. <laughs> well, and, and it was literally I just went there with my brother-in-law one night, and yeah. I happen I asked the bartender. I was like, "Hey, is by chance the owner here?" And he was like, "Yeah, let me go see if he's in if he's busy." And Andrew took me into the back, and we chatted for like a half an hour. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. I think like most of the industry is on the whole like that i mean more so than other industries i've been in you get like more chill interesting thoughtful people um than than in other industries i've worked in and i appreciate that so but yeah he's a great great guy and just phenomenal beer oh yeah they seem to be getting a little flack from the iron city collaboration though really there's I think it's cool too, um, yeah. but I, I, there was a, there seemed to be some negativity. Well, I mean, there's always negativity online. Yeah, of course. I can't. I don't read uh, the comments section. That's my. my I don't know why I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst beer blog. I'll read it because it's hilarious. That I I I keep thinking I need to message him, and I don't know if he ever goes on podcasts or anything. But I would love to interview him too. Shoot him a message. Yeah, because yeah, I I definitely make sure to check in on that every once in a while because it's great. It, it's like my ritual every night when I'm brushing my teeth. I look at Worst Beer Vlog and uh, I just laugh. <laughs> oh man, it's what a crazy world we live in. Yeah, uh, it's like half the stuff on here. Like, how the hell did that person decide to do that? Oh man, yeah. I mean, we're assuming everybody listening knows what the iron, you know, as much about Pittsburgh as we do. But yeah. uh, for those of you who don't know, Dancing Gnome uh, collaborated on a beer with Pittsburgh Brewing Company, which um, is a very historic Pittsburgh brewery that, that then became contracted 
I actually think out of Latrobe, right? The yes, yeah, yeah. It's brewed. It's brewed yeah. there now. Uh, but they're moving back to Pittsburgh. Um, it would. It's kind of like um, Pabst, actually. Like Pabst was like Milwaukee's beer, and then they got bought and started contracting outside of Milwaukee, and uh, now they're coming back. Oh, cool. um, and so there it was a. It was a brand with a lot of hometown pride um, that then kind of like betrayed. The city like selling out and getting contracted and now they're they're coming back and so i I don't know i have no i have no qualms with with that i think it's awesome i think you know anytime you're you're bringing back history um and anytime you're bringing business to to a place it it can be a really good thing so i'll have to read the comments on that one uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if it, if it was Facebook or Instagram, yeah. um, but it was there was definitely somewhere where it was like, I've lost all respect for Dancing Gnome. Why would they do this? And I mean, have you ever had Gooseky Light? It's it's great when you're at Gooseky's up on Polish Hill and you're like six deep already, and you know you want to smoke a cigarette inside <laughs> and drink a the, Light. The mango one though is an abomination. What are you talking about is, dude? I got a dozen of them in my fridge right they there. They are dude. awful. You're crazy, dude. They, Maybe I've been gone for I've been out of Pittsburgh for too long. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mostly kidding. There's a time and a place for icy light mango. And <laughs> you're sober. But uh <laughs> I, I don't know. It's fun, man. It's it's it is what it is. It's like you can you can like this. And like that, and drink them yeah. at totally different times, or at the same time, if you want, it's your life. Do whatever you want, enjoy it. <laughs> I know, like, there are some phenomenal brewers that Miller Lite is one of their favorite beers. <laughs> I mean, from a technical perspective, the fact that they're able to achieve such consistency is like a, a marvel of engineering you know yeah. well i mean uh, guinness's uh brewmasters totally. pedigree is from budweiser yeah totally and i think like at that level too you're you're a logistics company right to get that much liquid yeah moved uh around the world is like an insane supply chain endeavor um, and I don't know, they're, they're playing a different game, you know? I mean, look at this can, you're not going to see like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Budweiser coming out with the same type of cans that Hoof Hearted is. It's just a different game, man. It would be so, pretty hilarious if they did one time though. <laughs> hot. Maybe I'll suggest it to Pittsburgh Brewing Company. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they even, they even made, uh, well, I don't actually, maybe it was Andrew, who chose the artwork? Well, actually, it was just a throwback to the original can, right? Of the the Robin, Robin Hood, Hood cream. cream ale. I thought the art was great. I love. Yeah, art. it looked cool. Yeah, it was dope. Um, well, I guess I don't. I don't know if I want to keep. Um, unless you want to keep yeah. talking, we can. Uh, but I don't uh, want to take up too much more of your time. You know what this means? I just gotta come back on, man, because I had a blast. Yeah, we can. We can. Ch- Maybe once, um, once the world isn't on fire anymore and people are allowed in public, 
uh, I can come up there and we can talk about in-person festivals. Dude, I'd love that. Come to my new house. We'll kick it. I got a beautiful couch. I'll bring I'll bring you a selection of uh, Maryland br- beers and do you do you um do you get down here at all to ever check out any Maryland breweries? In the last five months, no. <laughs> oh, I'll say before it was deadly to hang out with people. Right, right, right. No, I haven't made it down to Maryland much, but it's not that far. That's no, a three-hour drive. I know. I want to. I want to see my friends at. Uh, is Dewey in Maryland? No, that's in Delaware. Delaware. They're like kind of close to each other, right? Uh, it's uh, three hours from Frederick. All right, I'm an idiot as it turns out. I mean, it's not that far. I mean, it's same distance from here to Pittsburgh as from here to right. Dewey. All right, uh, we'll forget that. <laughs> cats. What's that? Are you allergic to cats? Uh, some of them. It's Dude, weird. I, some I can be completely allergic to, and then some I'm fine. I don't know why I asked that. I just had like a, a premonition, you know, I had a feeling. All right, maybe you won't come to my house. I got these two real fluffy cats uh, <laughs> who are the bomb. But, uh, you know, it would be terrible if we were doing a podcast and you, you know, locked up or something. Yeah, just went into uh, anaphylactic shock. I don't know if you can do that from a cat allergy. There's <laughs> an NP. She'll uh, she'll she'll hook it up. She'll get you the EpiPen. She'll you know she'll fix you. Right, so, fmlfest.com. Get tickets at Hop Culture Mag on Instagram. Follow you. Yeah. You have an immense following. Um, and then, hop is it? It's Hop Culture Mag on Facebook too, right? is it is and then the website is just hopculture.com and then last but not least of course the book is the brewing cloud you can find it on amazon uh kenny gould that's me you can find me on amazon uh or if you go on the hop culture website uh you can buy a book and uh i'll sign it for you if it comes from the hop culture website or well while you're buying tickets to fml and get the best of all worlds buy tickets to fml fest you can add the book on i'll sign that for you extra special i'll sign it twice (laughs) and um i don't i don't think we mentioned you don't have to get the the whole package with the beer and everything too you can get just the access to the digital experience Because it's, it's an expensive package. It's not a cheap package. I mean, it's 18 beers in this crazy box and shipping and glassware. But uh, if you're not in one of the states that we can ship to, you can just get the pass for the day to all the content. All right. So I, um, I encourage everyone to look up Hop Culture. They put out great stuff. Um, sign up for the newsletter, too, because... The, oh, yeah. You get the get the goods delivered right into your inbox. Right there, right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, um, thank you so much for your time this evening, hey. um, and thank you everyone for watching and listening. Cheers. Cheers. Uncapped is brought to you with support from McClintock Distilling, Maryland's first and only organic certified distillery. 
They are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions. You can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to mcclintockdistilling.com for more information. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.